0: I'm Allen Brooks. I'm the host of How Art Is Born,
1: and I'm Daley Johnson. I am editor and producer of the show. Do people ever call you DJ? Did you have a DJ period? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so funny enough, I usually use that at restaurants oh. uh, like fast food, okay, casual, ca- ca- fast, fast, casual. casual? Yeah. Well, what is? Ha- I'm having a tough time with words today. Uh, I usually say DJ. Okay. Um, for my order name. Huh. Yeah. And at an old job, um, because of my radio gig uh, at my previous job, they would call me DJ DJ sometimes. Uh, yeah,
0: I knew a guy who uh, used to be a, a major in the military. His name was Fred Miner. So I was like, "You were major miner?" <laughs> He's <was> like, "Yes." <laughs> oh gosh.
1: Well, he brought it on himself, right?
0: <laughs> anyway, so okay, so with uh, the guest today is Thomas Detour Evans. Uh, Detour and I have known each other in the art scene around Denver for a long time. We talk about this a little bit in the interview, but there was a period where I was applying for uh, a residency at the Denver Art Museum, and uh, Detour got it, which was great. But, you know, at first I was like, who got this instead of me? (laughs) But then I saw it was him, and I was like, ah, yeah. Makes sense. He's the one. He should get it. Yeah. Um, But it's been cool to see him sort of build his art career as I've built mine. We've had sort of like this parallel thing, but... um, Yeah, he's just a really cool and engaging brother. And uh, his mind is always working like really fast. And you'll see it in an interview. Like, you know, he just talks about a lot of different things that led to him sort of being who he is as an artist today. And I think uh, that's probably one of the most fascinating things is just seeing how his mind works and all these things.
1: Absolutely. It's like he lived like four lives before he became (laughs) an artist. And he's still been an artist at the level that we know him to be an artist at for like a decade. right? And you're in for a real treat because you're gonna learn things that I don't know if anyone knows about him. We'll just call this one the evolution of detour. You guys check it out.
0: Welcome to How Art Is Born, a podcast from the Museum of Contemporary Art Denver about the origins of artists and their creative and artistic practices. I'm your host, R Alvin Brooks, artist, writer, and professor. Today, I'm joined by Denver-based all-around creative Thomas Detour Evans. Say hello. Hello. (laughs) Hey, man. Thank you for being on the show. Awesome. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do?
2: Uh, Denver-based artists uh, go by Detour. I do murals, uh, interactive work with technology. I do, I guess, uh, some, like, I guess... Any coding type of web web uh. sort of application stuff, too? I'm into that. Um, I guess a little bit of storytelling after I met with you yeah. a while ago. Yeah. Um, so I guess a little bit of everything, man. So try to get That's dope.
0: everything. All right. Well, so for people who are listening, like, uh, there's this sort of constant theme that people that I'm talking to on this podcast, I've met them on the dance floor or at Goodness or yeah. one of those kind of things. And I feel like those were the kind of first times that you and I saw or interacted with each other. Yeah, because I
2: was breakdancing like when I first moved here in yeah. Denver. I was breakdancing, organized competitions, and then doing DJing as well because I was into music and I always needed a DJ for my event. So wow. I was into DJing. So that was really
0: cool. Is that where the name Detour came from? Your no.
2: Is? I mean, Detour came from a video or VHS tape to date me. Um, <laughs> A long ben time Hicks. ago. It was like 2003. 20 even years two-ish. ago. Yeah, even like 2002, 2003. Yeah, When I got the DVR, the VHS tape. And it had the word Detour in there. And I liked it. And I started using that. And it was like, I guess... Uh, the, well, the crew originality stands alone. That was the crew. Okay. And it was like Cujo, Remind... I think Remind, Midas... Um There's a couple other cats in there, but yeah, they were just like different. So, this was uh, the B Boy group, yeah. yeah, Okay, originality stands alone, Bay Area. Um, so I got that and basically was loving the video and then started Uh. using the word detour to sign stuff, yeah. And that was like when I first started like selling artwork, um, on like a larger scale. That was like when eBay was coming out, too. Uh. But uh, that's where Detour comes from. Nice. Uh, and then my b-boy name. Actually, you know what? I think I did do Detour as like a b-boy name yeah. too. But I think I was also using Kool Aid. DJ Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I had the Kool Aid t-shirt. It was like another free t-shirt that I had. And it was the Kool Aid
0: man. And so you told just, him you were bringing a flavor. Yeah. It
2: was someone. Someone said Kool Aid, and I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> Busting through walls. Yeah. It? So I oh, started yeah. doing DJ Kool Aid. <laughs> Um and breakdancing as well as Detour I believe and Kool Aid so yeah that's okay. like where the names come from.
0: Uh, actually, you might find this interesting. Uh, the original cast of Breaking, you know, yeah, like yeah, Google Shrimp and on. Uh, they they want to they were gonna do a, another movie. Um, and I wrote it.
2: Oh really? Yeah, they're that's trying so to raise sad. money
0: for it now, but I just finished that writing that script like.
2: Oh, they want to do. Another one now. Yeah. Oh, they're old, man. I know. <laughs> yeah, so they, I don't know. it's gonna be. Uh, <laughs> That's shuffling.
0: I see. So Google is probably like in his late fifties because he was sixteen yeah. when that movie came yeah. out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so there's not they're gonna be doing a whole bunch of flips, and yeah, then uh, and then Shabudu yeah, yeah, uh, passed away. Like, yeah.
2: Sure. Yeah. So what are they gonna do? Like raise money. They want to like? do
0: like a new generation, old generation, kind of like Cobra Kai. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. I guess. I, so okay. I wrote a script where they're kind of like passing it down to the next generation. We'll see yeah. if any. Anything, anytime you write a movie script, it could be. There's people I know in LA who write movie scripts that never get made, and they make a full living. Yeah, they, they like they get paid for script to script. They'll be there for ten years, nothing yeah. ever gets made, but they make it. They buy a house, you yeah. know. Yeah. So that's. Because they
2: buy of, it and store it, right? They just buy it and just like hold well, onto it. Well,
0: so, so there's that. That's uh, basically like they get the rights to it. Yeah. But then there's the thing of like the movie is written, but for some reason like. They can't get the actor they want, or the uh, studio has changed, or whatever. But the writer still has been paid.
2: Okay. Yeah,
0: and so sometimes it just doesn't get developed. Okay. Uh, yeah,
2: I didn't know that part
0: of it. Yeah, it's a whole thing, man. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's get back on you. <laughs> Rewinding to the early days. Yeah. What was uh? What was like the first art that?
2: Uh, spoke I mean, to you? I guess it kind of started because my dad's military. Okay. West Point grad. So after they grad, or he graduated, uh, my family moved everywhere. So that's like where I kind of get the, I guess, the start of the art sort of mm-hmm. journey because I had to, like, make friends everywhere. So yeah. I drew to make friends. So I drew my friends. I drew Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which nice. is, like, the, one of the first things I ever remember drawing. Um, and, it's like, I was selling that for, like, a dollar hmm. in class. I think it was, like, third grade. So I was selling that. <laughs> you already get, understood. Yeah, oh, yeah. Commerce. Exactly. Nice. So it's like, I was moving everywhere and then, Making artwork for friends and then started drawing my friends um, and teachers in class. So it was getting really good. So it was like more caricature. So like learning, you know, how to do proportions and all that. And then when I moved to Germany, that's when I really got into artwork because my homeroom class was in like an art, the arts class. Yeah. And then that's when one of the homeroom teachers who was the art teacher... Gave or gave me access to like a an airbrush. How were you? No, this is like sophomore year in high school. And where in Germany? Ramstein. Okay. So Ramstein, Germany. It's like the largest military base outside of the U.S. So it's like more of it's like an entire city. Oh, so yeah, they even have like a mall, I believe now. So it's like an entire city. It's Air Force Base, but my dad was Army. But we were living there um, from my sophomore year to graduating and then did like a half a year at uh, Maryland University like online yeah. sort of like satellite school not, well not even online it was like a satellite school that they had huh. for a lot of the troops and like okay. the families of troops so it was like a class I was doing for my associates and then that's when eBay also came out too right. so like doing airbrushing t-shirts on eBay like helped me sort of like get the idea of okay this is how much a shirt costs Uh, let me airbrush this shirt, let me send it out. Okay, I got to worry about the fees and then I have to worry about the shipping and then the cost of the shirt and then how much did I make afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then also got to do customer service in terms of like getting it on time. So it was like a really good lesson in terms of like a mix of art and business. Yeah. Like I didn't even know about it. I was just like going with the flow.
0: I was going to say, brother, it's really interesting because a lot of artists – learn their art stuff and then have to learn their business stuff separately. But yeah. it seems like you were kind of figuring them both out at the same time.
2: Yeah, it was like, I was at the same time because I used to also sell candy in school. Oh, yeah. I So, like, I would buy it at the local grocery store on the military base because I it's cheaper on the military base sometimes oh. to get uh, food and, like, the commissary stuff because you don't pay taxes either right. on base. So it's kind of like I was getting candy and then selling it in class. So, like, Snickers and right. Starburst and stuff like that. So, I was always, like, hustling in, yeah. in school and, like, class and stuff like that. So, it was, like, I had that mentality um, to sort of, like, figure that stuff out. And then it was, like, a way of connecting with people. But then once it came to art, I started using that for the art stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was, like, I wasn't really even big into, like, I guess making it a full-time or, like, pursuing it. In terms of I want to be an artist, it was, like, I always wanted to be, like, I was doing football. Okay. So that was, like, my biggest thing, football in school, and then track huh. as well, and then I didn't really do basketball, um, but it was mainly, like, football, and some some baseball, too, but, uh, yeah, I was, like, I was, like, I wanted to go to D1 school huh. and play, but found out quickly, like, I, man, like... I wasn't growing anymore. Oh. <laughs> it was like I wasn't getting any faster. Yeah. So I was like, man, this ain't this ain't working out. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? That's but that's also when I was getting into dance. Okay. It was like, ooh, sophomore here, sophomore year of high school, um, because I was in Granite City, Illinois, mm-hmm. um, going to Granite City um, High School, and one of the guys, Sal. Was a breakdancer, Okay, and he was willing to teach me a little bit. Yeah. So he was teaching me a little bit, and then I moved to Germany um, in the middle of my sophomore year. And mm-hmm. then that's when I was in Germany. But luckily enough, uh, Germany had like the largest breakdancing event um, during that time. It was called Battle of the Year. They okay. actually made a movie about it. Chris Brown was in there. Oh, really Ter- terrible movie. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. I was like, why did they get Chris Brown for us? Like, he don't even spit on the hair. Like, he right. he can dance, but right. yeah, it's not that type of dance. But yeah, so it was like I was in the in like uh, living in Germany when they had that um, uh, that event, and then it was getting a lot of uh, I guess what was it? Uh, tr- I guess the whole dance culture was s- strong out there. Like, hip hop is big out there outside right. of the U.S. When it comes to the the graffiti, the art. And but really the dancing. Mm. So that's like where, for me, it was kind of like I was able to connect with people I didn't even know how to con- communicate with. Right. But through dance, it was like we were, we knew each other type of thing. That's dope. Yeah, so it was like I was able to travel around sort of the different countries and like actually connect with people t- just through dance. Mm. So that's like my sort of uh, journey when it comes to like really getting on a stage when it comes to expressing myself. So like the... Um, and then, not only that, there was a guy, his name was Rantain, and he was from Brooklyn. And you could tell he's from... Oh, no. He was from New York, but I don't know what borough. Yeah. I think it was Brooklyn or the... No, it was the Bronx. I remember him yelling it. Because, I don't know, You New York people are just loud. Yes. And they always know... Like to tell you what borough? To make from. sure you know. Yeah, like that—that yeah. I, I, that makes a difference to me. Right. I don't. It's like right. you're on New York. It's on New York. Yeah, yeah it's on New York. I have no clue. But you know about 149th <laughs> Street, son? Yeah, I was like <laughs> what, what does that mean? Right, it's like right. you that's the South Bronx. Right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So like he was in Germany because his wife was in the military. Okay. But he was teaching me, my friend Jeff, my friend Jed, and my friend Jade like, breakdancing and all this stuff. Because he was, like, a break dancer. Like, he was doing windmills and head spins. Like, so we would hang out with him all the time yeah. at the rec center and learn. So, like, when I moved back to the States to Granite, uh, not Granite City, but uh, Belleville, Illinois, which is, like, a couple miles away from Granite City. Mm. So, basically, you know, you know Belleville, Illinois? Yeah, Belleville, Illinois. So, that's where I went to school. Got my associate's degree okay. in community college. That was, uh, what was your do- Southwestern what was your Illinois in? Community College. It was just like associate's degree in like maybe business or something like that. Okay. Yeah, it was like the first two years.
0: I just wonder if you were going for art or you were just kind of... No, 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 like, no,
2: okay. no, no. So like this was, uh, wow, this is like 2004 and five. 2005 okay. um, out there. But my friend Jeff, who I was in high school with in Germany, he went into the military. And then he got stationed. At Belleville, Illinois, with me. Okay. So he was like, we connected and linked back up, and like started doing more breakdancing stuff. Mm. And we were then Let me traveling ask you, back. And
0: during forth. this time, while you're deep into the dance, are you doing visual art stuff too? Or yeah, it was like I was still airbrushing, like okay.
2: airbrushing, like selling that on the side. Yeah, so, I like, was airbrushing on eBay, like getting like tons of SpongeBob, tons of like people's names, tons of yeah, any character Bart Simpson you want to name right. it's it like that stuff, and then. I did so many Tupac and Biggie pieces <laughs> and you know, this, was, uh, this was also too when 50 Cent was out yeah. and it was like big pun was big because I think right after he passed away and everything. So doing a ton of that stuff, um, but also breakdancing and then started organizing um, at, uh, I think it was like 2005 I started organizing breakdancing events. Okay. Okay. Um, but, yeah, we were going up to Chicago to compete in Cicero and Champagne and Nashville and stuff like that. And then I moved to Did Colorado. Did you, like you have, like, a signature move or are you just kind of – No, it was, like, all – I was, like, mostly – I wasn't, like, too much power. It was, yeah. like, footwork. Okay. And tops um, because, like – yeah, because, like, these kids today, man, like, they <laughs> learn early. Yeah. And then when I was, like, learning, it was – it's, like – the smaller you are, the easier it is to carry your body. Oh. There's some people that are just super strong. That's like they can be six six and like do amazing moves. But like, yeah, a lot of them came from you know had like a background when it came to uh, you know martial arts right. or gymnastics and stuff like that. I was able to do that stuff. So I couldn't do too much of that. Just a little bit, but like mostly tops. Okay, and what's tops? Tops was kind of like uh, when you're on your feet dancing. Okay, and it's like yeah, you're on your feet dancing, and then when you get down to the floor with your hands and feet, that's like the uh footwork and then like when you're doing like spinning on your head and like yeah. flying through the air that's like power moves okay so yeah so I was like more of the the you know the tops you know up rock uh which is like the tops and then footwork. i had to learn
0: some of this stuff to write that script yeah but i was constantly the, the producers are both b-boys so i constantly had to be like what's the name of the move for here yeah you know, like, let's plug this in here yeah <laughs> like, i know more of the mc stuff than i do uh you know like the b boy or even dj stuff you yeah. know like I just know those things kind of generally.
2: Yeah, but like for me, it was like the B-Boy jams, wherever I went, was like uh, the way hip-hop got out there. So it wasn't even like the music, per mm-hmm. se. It was like like the music was big, but the, like, the hip-hop was like Souls of Mischief, right. um, you know, Nas. But then it's like you throw in like a Nina Simone beat, you throw in a bamboo span. So it's like all spans the gamut when it comes to the type of music that you're listening right. to. But that was like how a lot of the hip hop, when I was viewing it, traveling around, sort of like spread. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was like a, an amazing thing because it's like a huge family where I right. go to. And then, um, yeah, that, but that's like when I started organizing when I was in uh, Belleville. And then when I moved to Colorado, 2006, that's when I went to school here to get my uh, bachelor's at uh, University of Colorado Denver. And what was that in? That was 2006, I mean, uh, and what was the? business, administration, okay. emphasis in marketing, and that was, yeah, 2006. And when I got here, I was still like heavy into breakdancing and uh, organizing mm-hmm. all the events and stuff like that, so.
0: MCA Denver at the Holiday Theater is a year-round performance and event space that is an extension of the Museum of Contemporary Art Denver. The Holiday is home to a spectrum of creative expression, including original productions, live music, film screenings, artist talks, and serial programming like Mixed Taste and Cinema Azteca, as well as performances and events presented by other cultural organizations. The theater is also available for private rentals. Visit mcadenver.org forward slash holiday dash theater to learn more.
2: So yeah, and then but also too before, right before I left uh, Belleville, Illinois, I get into stand-up comedy. Oh, really, that was when Last Comic Standing was out. Huh. And it was, um, yeah, it was like I didn't even notice, man. You got a whole secret. Yeah, it on. was. Like, it was Last Last Comic Standing was out, but uh, I forgot the show that was on that was like got me really into it because I always been into like like movies and acting and stuff yeah. like that because so i did like improv a, and yeah like
0: a top type five you would like do like a five minute set kind of thing oh for...
2: yeah i mean i like i have maybe a strong two minutes <laughs> and then i'm like <laughs> and then i just uh-huh. wander off <laughs> so, so like yeah cause, yeah because i did like improv a yeah. little bit um in school because like there was a club and then one of my friends um michael uh michael, michael Malley. Um, he actually moved to Chicago to try to do uh, Second City. Okay. And so, like, we sort of uh, got together and started doing like open mics in St. Louis. So we did like open mics down at the river and then St. Charles and a couple other places. And then moved here, and I was still getting into like going to school, break dancing, organizing stuff. And then the first year was like doing a little bit of stand up, uh, so like the Squire Lounge. Yeah. And then I did the um, Comedy Works. And improv, the <laughs> comedy works had the new talent Nights yeah. or the shiny new talents night. So like, I would get past the first round, and then the second round would be when I had finals. Uh-oh. So I was just like, do the first round, and then had to do finals. Cause I was like really all about my schoolwork too. But then it's kind of like you go on stage, and you do you do a set, and then you go to the next club. And you can't do that same set. Or you kind of do the set, but, like, you get the same people. So you oh, can't yeah. really do this, do it again because some, sometimes people go from place to place. And this was, like, really heavy when Last Comic Standing and Josh Blue, like, won. Right. It was really big. And Denver's, like, a hot spot for for comedy, too. Mm. So, but it's, like, you got to, man, you got to be dedicated to that thing. That's so and interesting. I, yeah, because then I was not, and I was, n- I was, like, I was good at writing initially, and then I drifted off, and I just, like, I did not try to write or, like, jot down jokes I remember, or, like, even work on it as much as I should have. And then, you know, you get those nights where it's kind of like, no one laughs at all. Yeah. like, oh, why am I doing this? Yeah,
0: it's such an interesting thing, because I feel like comedy is the only uh, entertainment medium where people are basically, like, make me react. Yeah. You know, because, like, if you're on stage rapping, either they're into it or they're not. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, unless you're, like, like, it's rare. Even at a battle thing, you know, like, Battle, I guess people are more engaged. But in general, if you're performing like at a club or like a mm. bar, mm. they're just not into it until you bring them into it. Yeah. But they're not like, make me be entertained. Yeah. Whereas comedy, people are like, you know, I dare you to make me laugh, essentially. Yeah.
2: They pay to get in sometimes. They get the two-drink minimum. Right. They gotta, so it's kind of like, you better make me laugh. I had a hard day's work. It's yeah. Like, you better make something laugh. It's, yeah, so it's a different yeah. kind of pressure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So it was like, I was doing that, and then that kind of weaned off. I dropped off of like, doing any of that anymore Yeah, and then got into more of the organizing um, doing events and starting clubs and then yeah this was also too like when there was the Democratic National Convention in Denver oh, yeah. and it was like the hot spot of like politics and Barack Obama It's right. so, like that whole hype was they like changed here changed
0: the rock bar to the Barack bar yeah, yeah. so like man it was yeah. just
2: like so much energy out here it was like people were just doing everything that's when I was doing a lot of like Get out the vote, stuff like that. Mm. Registering people on campus, so like organizing, like running right. that stuff. I even did like a a a what's that thing? The cold calls, like oh, yeah. who are you voting for? Like right. I would never do that again. Yeah, yeah. I was like that was awful. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I lost votes for some people too. <laughs> yeah, it was like the weirdest thing to call people up right. like, during you know their dinner and be like, who are you voting for, sir? Right. So was, so stop. So not. So that led into. Um, working on campus because some of the people in student life were like, oh, you're doing a ton of stuff. You just want to have a job here? So I was like, yeah. Yeah. So then it was like I was in student life working for a good three and a half, four years over there, which was really good because I got to use all the school resources and then learn about how like a school works. Mm -hmm. And then like if I want to bring people on campus in terms of just like for student activities, I learned how to like make a budget, you know, to figure out contracts yeah. with some of the people because they would give me a budget to, like, bring people on campus. So did that for, that was, like, my first official job. It um, hmm. was, like, uh, I got the, the, what's that, uh, FICA? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Coming out to check and all right, that stuff. Right. So I was kind of like, oh, what's happening there? So, yeah, so there was a lot of that happening. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of, like, what I did on campus. And then graduated with my bachelor's, took a year just to like, or took about a year, half a year, a year just to work on campus and got enough money saved up for my MBA. So, because I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. So I did an MBA, um, emphasis in marketing, and then basically same school. So like I worked more on campus as well. Um, And then kind of dropped off on the organizing breakdancing events and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and just focused on okay, what's the next sort of part of my life is going to look like?
0: So, okay, it's interesting. I just want to go back. So we yeah. were talking about, like, uh, you s- started out drawing caricatures of people because mm-hmm. you had to meet people. You were selling candy. Mm-hmm. Then you started selling the, the drawings. So you, so you go from that point yeah. to uh, the dancing stuff, but you're organizing it, you're traveling with it. Yeah, You're getting the business degrees. yeah. Uh, so there's this whole, and then you worked in a business office at the college. You started doing contracts and stuff like that, right? Well, it was, it was like a student life office, yeah. but it was
2: kind of like more uh, extra, or what was it called? Like extracurricular activity. Okay. So, like anything outside of the classroom, yeah. we kind of like were, were organizing. Okay. But so like, you
0: were dealing with contracts there. And like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then you went to, to get the MBA for marketing. So, there's this whole path of like art is in your life. Yeah. But you're learning all the business stuff in a strong way. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really interested about, like, the point for you where the art became, like, visual art became the main business.
2: I mean, it was always, like, I guess equal parts to everything. Because during that time, I was also doing um, canvas work. I moved from T-shirts to canvas. Okay. Doing canvases that I made myself because then I could glue like broken vinyl records to the canvas because I was DJing. So I had a bunch of old vinyl, um, that was like collecting. And then at the wax tracks, the the record store, they would have a pile. They still have a pile that they keep where people donate records that they, you know, someone passed away and like they clean out the closet and they would just donate the records, but it's scratched. They can't sell it. So it ends up in a pile and it's like slated to be thrown into the garbage, like, huh. you know, every other week type of thing. So I started learning about that, and so I would grab those records and use that in my artwork. Um, and then um, I guess a lot of people started recognizing my work, mm-hmm. uh, moving from airbrush and then into, I guess it would be acrylics. No, it was like airbrushing, and then I moved into adding sound to my work because. Uh-huh. Musa Bailey had the shoe shine uh, event where it's kind of like the sneakerheads would like bring their shoes okay. and showcase it type of thing. Yeah, but he would have artists br- come in and, br- and he would bring backboards. He would give you the backboards of like this ba- like basketball backboards. Okay, and basically you would just paint that huh. and put that on display for like the art part of the show. So I didn't wanna. Like do do what everyone else did, so I I did the broken records on my backboard, but I also added in a speaker to mine, which was like different. Yeah, and it was like it was like the very simple circuitry of like wiring up a speaker that I took out of an old boombox, and then the left right I would just cut the auxiliary cord mm-hmm. and then. Connect those to the speakers, and then you could plug it up to your iPhone, which had like the headphone jack back then. And then it was like, it worked, huh. but you couldn't really hear it. But it worked. And then I was like, oh, that was like the start of me doing a lot of the interactive and the music stuff in my work. Hmm. It was just like, just that was like the, the moment that happened. I don't know where that piece is nowadays. <laughs> yeah, it was weird because I like, I think I sold it or gave it away or something like that. But I started loving that concept and was doing it again and again and again um for like the next almost like three years i was doing that okay and then figuring out how to amplify the sound so mm-hmm. i was learning about audio engineering amplifiers how to source this stuff how to get it you know sort of sound really good on a regular basis so that was like a good sort of uh, moment to me where it's kind of like oh i can Make my work different just by adding in something that I also loved on this side of my uh sort of like personality or yeah. my life, and then yeah it was it was just really a lot of that while I was going to school um but yeah, it was like doing that, but also like I said uh earlier, like working on campus, doing the contract right. stuff, doing events uh bringing people on like we I got to meet um Chuck D, oh, which nice. is really cool. Got to, I didn't get to meet Ice-T. I got to meet, uh, uh, it was Howard Dean. Hmm. I, got, I got kicked off stage. Huh. Yeah, because I was, I, was, I was doing the stage, so emceeing, when he was on campus. And a lot of people who don't know Howard Dean, Howard Dean was the one that did that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When he was yeah, uh, campaigning. Yeah. yeah. So when he, he was on stage, did that, his whole campaign tanked. And then it was like years later. He comes on campus to do some stuff. I'm emceeing to get you know students sort of like gathered in the area, right. and I was like, "Yeah, you know the guy who did, it? yeah." <laughs> man, they ran my ass off stage so fast, bro. <laughs> 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 was, yeah, so I get uh, so I get to meet him. I get to uh, oh, you're provoking politicians. Yeah, man. <laughs> man, Russell Simmons. I get to meet. Nice. Um, I got to meet uh, Rev Run. Reveron was the worst. Yeah, yeah. He was like he came in like a a meek chinchilla coat, (laughs) and yeah, it was like it was a hot it was a hot day in Denver. I was like, what is this dude doing on (laughs) with this furry coat? Yeah, so he came on, so like he was yeah. I can't get too much shit to it because I don't want (laughs) Run backlash. But yeah, he he was he was like he was the worst man. But uh, Talib Kweli was really dope. Uh, he was really nice um, and then like uh, Cornell West was amazing um, quite a Michael Eric Dyson got okay. I got I to meet Tom from Tom shoes. Wow, yeah. he was interesting Yeah, so there's a lot of people but like that really Got me into like the business side of stuff marketing stuff getting buy-in and then mixed with like trying to make my work my work innovative when it yeah. comes to the art stuff and then once I graduated uh, with my masters that's when i like okay i got to get a real job mm-hmm. and then did advertising um i forget the company's name but it was in it was like off of Blake street no off of walnut okay well, so what kind of company? it was like it was like marketing? advertising marketing okay. and um, what were you doing so i was i was with my degree uhhuh usually i would be on like the account side okay. like management but i wanted to do the graphic stuff right. so i applied for the graphics job and got it okay and it was it was like i was going to going to work in a tie <laughs> <And> like <laughs> when he was like, all like other there. designers were like what are you doing yeah so i was like but yeah but it was, was kind of like working there um helped me out in terms of figuring out like i don't want to do this right because uh it was an advertising firm that did mostly tourism and sort of um, health care. Okay. So, like, our client was the Wyoming Department of Transportation. Hmm. And then it was, like the, it's like, the stop smoking for, like, people over 50. Sixty-five ads campaign. Right. It was like the. It was like non-creative. Right. Learning like in an ad agency, it's like you just do exactly what you're told, or you do exactly what the client wants. And right. No more. Even
0: if you think it's terrible, yeah. 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 And
2: you track your hours and everything, all that stuff. So I hated it. So I left that. How long did you do it? Maybe five months. Okay. Like four, maybe four or five months. Left that. They gave me a parting gift. Um. It was gift card to Miningers. Okay. So that, that allowed me to buy oil paints. Wow. And I bought oil paints like a first my f- first set, and it was like the cheap one. But it was like learning it right. was amazing because it was like, oh, I don't have to change colors um, by sort of cleaning out everything like you do with the airbrush. Yeah. So it was like, oh, I can actually mix stuff together and just keep painting. So I loved that and got into oil paintings for a little bit. Huh. Um, and then all, at the same time, I was donating artwork to a nonprofit called uh, Africade. Okay. And doing their gala, I would sell. So it was like, you know, 500 bucks there, 1,000 bucks there, once a year type of thing. Mm-hmm. That's what I could always rely on. And then the last time I did it was after I did the... Um, after I left that agency. And then when I did the gala I sold some stuff but also I was like hey let me know the next time you're going to Tanzania because they did work in Tanzania I was like I would love to go um, and that was also the same time when I got into jujitsu. Hmm. and I was like because um, I'm big into MMA and combat sports so I was big into jujitsu." and during one of my classes I tore my LCL oh. trying to choke someone and yeah it th- happens uh, <laughs> but the thing was, like, I didn't. I tore it by pulling my leg to my face. Oh, so it was like all on me. It, w- it wasn't like I stepped the wrong way. It wasn't like you know someone tackled me or right. sort of ripped my arm off or something like that. No, it's like I I was on my back and I was pulling my feet to my face to try to choke someone. So I literally tore my own LCL. So it was, it was the it was the worst feeling in the world <laughs> where I tapped myself out. So. I had, it, didn't, it wasn't a complete tear and learning about ligaments, it's like, if it's not a complete tear, all you have to do is just like lay off of it. Hmm. It will grow back itself. Okay. But like when it grows back, it grows back even thicker. Huh. So then you're less, less flexible. Okay. Um, so like if I'm less flexible now in my left leg. Like so, it was like even less flexible. Now. I'll
0: just say that's a sentence that's never been said on this podcast. Yeah, when I'm trying to choke someone out, I use the wrong leg. I use the wrong <laughs>
2: leg, man. So, but I was, uh, but the thing was, like, when I was doing um, the breakdancing, it gave me like weird muscles in different places. Yeah. So I was like really good when it came to jujitsu. So I was like doing competitions and everything. Huh. And but that's like what a lot of breakdancers say. It makes sense. Yeah, because like a lot of breakdancers like are like, yeah, they're they're really good when it comes to jiu-jitsu. So. Yeah, so I was like selling artwork at this gala, and then I tore my LCL, and then asked him, next time you go to Tanzania, let me know. And then like two weeks later, uh, Peter Lewis, this guy who founded an organization called Indigenous Education Foundation of Tanzania, hits me up and says, hey, do you want to come to Tanzania? And then two weeks later, I was like, I a plane to Tanzania. I uh, wow. got the vaccinations and everything, and then flew out there for eight months. Uh, wow. seven, eight months, just to work out there at, like, a small school, and I feel like you call it uh, It's, like, in the Arusha region, uh-huh. um, but the town is called Monduli. So it's, like— um, So you were, like, teaching out there? I was doing the marketing communications for the nonprofit, but it was, like, basically me okay. um, on the organization side. And mm-hmm. then the teaching side, where they also had volunteers, it was, like— Quite a few. It was like maybe seven other people there, Um, and then two other people came. This almost the same time I came there, Uh, but there were like maybe four other people that were there before. Um, But it was good. It was like a rural area. Um, The village was like mostly Maasai, Hmm. traditional um, pastoral people, chickens and goats and beans and. Corn. They would maze They would sort of grow. Okay. So it was like it was good. It was like getting back to basics and everything. But that was like a good time for me to just like to get away, and just like think. Mm-hmm. And then when I was there, it was like amazing. Just to try to learn Swahili. It yeah. was like getting outside of my element. You know, getting away from like technology and distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, this was 2014. Okay. Because so I left uh, New Year's Eve. Landed New Year's Day, okay, January 1st, 2014, in Tanzania. Um, so it was like a New Year's resolution, too. So came back, and that's when... No, while I was there, I would say that's when I was like, okay, let me figure out how to do art full-time. Mm-hmm. And then when I came back to the States... Well, was, actually,
0: I want to hear about this decision. Why did you decide that you wanted to do art full Yeah, full-time? it was like
2: over there when you're when you're i guess living yeah and making decisions oh i'll say this like there's a big difference between like the opportunities that we get over here versus what opportunities people in Tanzania would get okay so it's kind of like the the options are limited in terms of what you can kind of be uh-huh. the education system sort of dictates that if you don't make the grades it's kind of like then you're sort of capped in terms of where you can go Mm -hmm. and you can't really do what you want to do in life sometimes. So it was kind of like, oh, over here, there's a huge safety net. So why am I not taking chances? Oh, I see. Yeah. So it was like, oh, it was like, oh, over there, it's like, it's hard to take chances because if you fail, there's not a safety net that can... So you were were just inspired by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, when I come back, what am I afraid of? Because if I do fail, oh... There's a safety net that sort of helped me out type of thing. And my family's supportive. So it's kind of yeah. like there wasn't anything sort of like holding me back other than me. That's
0: a really cool moment, yeah. you know.
2: Yeah. I mean, once you start to go out of, the, you know, your environment and country, and you're like, oh, this is why, you know, uh, I guess some people are just a little bit tougher type of thing. Mm. Or like even over there, it's like they really valued education. Right. So it was like over here, it's like it's. It's like a running joke, it's like trying to get a kid to do homework or something mm-hmm. like that or to do pay attention in class. But over there it was kinda like they love class. They love oh, interesting. Attention. So yeah, it was like they really respected their teachers. It's like I don't see any of their teachers on World Star Hip Hop, bro. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's like right. you don't you don't see teachers getting choked out. Right. But over here it's like you see that every day on TikTok or something, man. So I mean, you're I'm not like yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kinda like, oh, like, I see exactly the difference. So when I came back, had more of an appreciation, like, okay, oh, let me figure out how to How to make my dreams happen. And if I fail, it's like there's no big no biggie type of thing. Okay, so Um, this is
0: interesting too, because uh, when you were kinda talking about the progression of things, some point you recognized that being full time artist was a dream. So that was before that? Like or was that just kinda always there and you just thought you couldn't go for it?
2: Um it was like it was there, but it's kinda like I, I had so much other stuff I wanted to sort of like get into as well. Yeah. Um because, like, oh, like I said, like this time, I was also doing, like, before that, I was doing, like, comedy. So I was like, yeah. oh, I can do, like, I want to do, do comedy, right. be, be on Last Comic Standing, something like that. And then there's was a time I wanted to do, like, dance, like, yeah. be on the America's Best Dance Crew. Like, I tried out for uh, So You Think You Can Dance. okay It was, like, stuff like that. It was, like, right. I was all over the place. And then the thing I kept sort of coming back to was uh, the art stuff. Hmm. So like when I was came back, I was like, oh, let me just do full time art and just see how that goes. Because yeah. I did like one of my first murals in Tanzania. Okay. Um, at the school, and then, yeah, I came back, and m- this time when I came back, that's when marijuana was legalized. Right. And there was skyscrapers everywhere. People moving to Denver, just for the cannabis industry. Right. There was, uh, I guess, just like a whole new energy yeah. in the city when it came to development. And then my friend opened up his restaurant, Metal Art Kitchen, mm. uh, Casey, Casey. And then yeah. uh, Musa and them opened up um, their restaurant and bar. Yeah. So and Cold my, Crush. Yeah, Cold Crush. Yeah, and then I was blanking on it. Yeah, it was then my <laughs> other friend, um, Adam Gordon, uh, bought a building um, and turned into artist studios. Okay. And I was like, hey, you want ch- really cheap rent? and be in like the the neighborhood so i was like yeah um, so yeah so that was kind of like the start of me figuring out full-time arts hmm. um but it was, so it was kind of like a perfect storm yeah. in a way because like i had a place to have my studio i had a place to showcase my artwork when it comes to the restaurants right. and then i had you know the business background um just like in my, in my favor, because I knew how to set stuff up. Um, but then it was like, actually, okay, what type of artwork do I want to do? But it was the interactive work that mm-hmm. I was, like, sort of doing at the beginning, which was, like, the artwork where you could actually touch the painting and it triggers a sound yeah. or a sample. And that allowed me to work with musicians and other people to turn okay. my paintings into instruments. So I was, like never done before
0: yeah that was a dope time i yeah. would say because that's when i started to become more aware of you as an artist yeah. uh, especially with metal art kitchen and stuff and then uh 2016 was when i was first starting to do comic book stuff 2017 i was strongly encouraged to uh, go for a fellowship at the denver art museum okay which i didn't get with but you
2: got and oh I, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, the residency. Yeah, that's yeah, what it was residency. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I said fellowship, residency. Yeah. Yes.
0: And so, uh, but when I discovered it was you, I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Because I good. brought,
2: I brought in because <laughs> I, like I got on the short list. I didn't think I was going on the short list, but I for the residency. Yeah. because we had to audition, the second round, or like doing the interview, mm-hmm. and during the interview, I like set up like an entire sort of interactive space. Right. I brought in my uh, pieces, but I had Panama Soweto, Yeah. Um, J.C. Patrell perform his poetry on one of the pieces. Mm-hmm. And then I had um, um, Michael Walker, oh. um, DJ Cavum. Oh, yeah. Or Motivation. Yeah. He has like 20 different he names. He does. Yeah. <laughs> you got yeah. something with Felix too, right? Yeah, yeah. But I had them do okay. the audition. The oh, okay. They, okay. So they came with me to do the interview stuff. Nice. So I set up all the stuff and like we did the like live performances, and it was like up their alley it was exactly what they wanted what yeah. wanted for that space. Um, but yeah, and then like bringing in Felix and bringing in quite a few people, uh, like uh, Carl Correll and a few others. Man, to sort of yeah, come in.
0: Uh, we got so much overlap with that stuff because you know me and Felix did an album around that time. Yeah, and then uh, Carl did a soundtrack for. The, uh, for Anguish Garden, one of my okay. novels. And, you know, like both Felix and Carl, world class musicians. Yeah. Like, so talented, you know. But yeah, so it was really cool seeing you in that space. And honestly, if I had gotten a residency, I don't know what I would have done. Because even when I was encouraged to, I was like, really? F- what would I do? And they're like, <laughs> you should do it, you know. Yeah. But uh, I think it was, and obviously I ended up doing other work with the Denver Art Museum later. Yeah. You know? But it was really cool to see you in that space in the way that you were at that time. You know like yeah I was like, oh, okay this brother's doing some cool stuff
2: yeah i mean it was fun it was like a good almost i think it was like uh three months or a month i don't even remember oh yeah i don't remember yeah. it was a long time but yeah. it was like being in that space creating an interactive um sort of room where people can come in and interact and actually touch paintings and touch sculptures yeah
0: so what was that well did that so you know like uh as an artist we all have these sort of like hallmarks like things where we're like oh this is another level, or, mm-hmm. like, these people believe in what I'm doing. Yeah, Was that the experience for you, like, being yeah, at the it a,
2: Yeah, it was, like, a good experience because before that, I was mostly doing... It's, like, there's a big difference, like, when you start out and you're, like, you're doing the pop art. Right. And it's, like, the stuff that you like and then everyone likes because it's pop art type mm-hmm. of thing. So I was doing some of that, and then once I got into... Uh, I get I did a show called they still Live where it's like oh, yeah. paired with uh, a collector Paul Hamilton mm. use his African artifacts paired it with individuals in the community do DNA testing and like we had an entire show just about discovery right and that was like going outside of like my normal pop element stuff mm-hmm. that show got me into redline in terms of the residency that yeah. they have so that was like a whole different. Sort of ball game, and then that residency kind of got me into the Denver Art Museum because it's kind of like, yeah, because I mean, there's there's like almost like uh, different communities even in the art world, right? Where it's kind of like now you're more thoughtful. Now this is sort of like the the thoughtfulness type of art that we want in this space like this because has a conversation type yeah. of stuff so that was like a big thing and then having the museum sort of acknowledge it the interactive part of it was really cool dope yeah and then like started doing like more residencies and then trying to get more thoughtful with the work that I do yeah rather than just like try to do stuff that has like a monetary value type of thing nice um so yeah so I mean that was like a whole journey when it comes to learning about that
0: well so uh and I, and I know you did, like, we did,
2: you did so much stuff we didn't even have time to touch yeah. on, like,
0: the five-point thing. And, but uh, where are you headed now as an artist? Like, what, what do you see for yeah, the Yeah,
2: so, I mean, I do, like, my bread and butter is, like, murals. And, um, yeah, I guess mostly just murals right now. Yeah. And then some other stuff. But now it's, like, getting into more sculpture, 3D oh, okay. public art. Yeah, So trying to venture into that realm, mm-hmm. it's, like... Trying to learn more about materials and how to make things last and indoors versus outdoors because the large scale public art, when it comes to 3D work, is a lot more, I guess, uh, permanent right. when it comes to the art spaces because that big blue bear statue that right. we have in Denver is going to be there for a long time. Right. You know, that. Horace Blucifer right. at the airport is going to be there for a long time. Yeah, So it's not just like a mural that can change, you know. And so
0: that's a good uh, transition into you're doing this thing at the Dem- yeah. Denver International Airport. You yeah, so
2: I won the call for Concourse B East for a sculpture piece. So right now I'm working on that. That's like a three-year contract. So it just takes a long time f- for that stuff to come to fruition, I've been yeah. learning. So that is like a concept where I'm collecting bags from people okay and documenting the stories and like where it came from and then collecting all the bags and luggage and items and putting it together to form like this infinity shaped symbol. Mm. Uh, that sort of shows when you're sort of far away and then when you get closer it's like a looping shape. okay um, So it's uh, like a wayfinding sort of thing, but it's like a really colorful piece that has colors that represents the suns- sunrise and sunset of Denver mm-hmm. uh, or just Colorado in general. Um, but also, it's like th- w- this looping shape kind of talks about the journey that we're yeah. all on, and like the bags are the things that we sort of use to carry the things that we hold most valuable, right? Um, and just like traveling and just like growing as people. And huh. then the bags, like I said, like they're going to be uh, documented in terms of like where they came from and stories about it. So collecting all those stories. And sort of putting it together in a website where people can oh, look at cool. and check out and learn more about the sculpture, but also about each story yeah. of the bag. So, like, one of the bags uh, that I got was from Henry from Mogcraft Brewery, um, who is right beside my studio. And he's from Denver but moved to Milwaukee. But when he was nine, his dad passed away. Mm. His mom took him out of school to... Uh, travel the world for a little bit, yeah. And that's ba- that bag has been in his attic for the longest time. Huh. Now he's like, oh, I would love for you to have this It'll bag, be part, to be of, a part of the piece. So now, like, when people read about the the sculpture, they're also able to read about Henry and his story. That's about, really cool, You know, man. losing his dad and sort yeah. of like grieving and stuff like that. But also, you know, every not every bag, but like a lot of the bags will have those type of stories where people are like this is what I went through. Another one was, like, a uh, Mike who adopted, he and his husband adopted uh, a, a child. I forget the country, but he gave me the bag that he used to travel to that country oh, that's, and yeah. sort of, um, you know, get his kid. To build and, a family. Yeah, yeah, so so it's like getting all these bags that have different stories, and then it's going to be uh, a piece in the airport where it's not just, like, a, a piece of metal that you're disconnected from or any, like... Um, inanimate object that you're just not, you're not connected to because you just don't know the backstory, or there yeah. is no backstory. It's like, no, these bags have been all across the world. These bags are actually real bags from people in in Colorado. That's yeah, the, and I just got... It's um, perfect,
0: man. I mean, for the airport and everything. And yeah, As you mentioned, it's going to be there decades. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: So, like, huh. learning about that, like, trying to get buy-in from people. So, like, I just got uh, word from the Nuggets that they're you know, wanting to donate a Jokic jersey to it. So, Uh like, that was really cool. And then I got to uh, the Broncos and working on the Rockies to donate as well. So getting all these different little items from everywhere around Colorado. So people are able to still donate too. Um, But, like, even with that sculpture, it's like learning about how do I sort of build it to where it's safe? How do I work with a fabricator who can build the armature so all this stuff can hang on it? You know, what type of insurance do I need? Um, you know, the, the the fire retardant coating I have to have on it so right. it doesn't burn if it does catch on fire. So it's like learning all that stuff is totally new. Huh. Uh, but it's like a new challenge yeah. that I like. And it's different than what everyone else is so doing. That's so interesting, man. Yeah, so it's kind of like... I, Congratulations. It's yeah, really thank you, man. So it's like I got away from sometimes or a lot of the mural stuff because there's just like so many people in it now. Right. Um, so it's like harder and harder... To have as much fun because it went from being, I guess, like a, a gathering spot on the wall where you can just paint, turned it into, you know, I guess more monetary yeah. um, sort of uh, lens when it comes to public art and the murals. And I was like, I, I want to try to do something else. Well, I mean, if there's
0: anything from this story, like you sharing your stuff, is that you always grow and expand as a creative. Yeah. Which, like, it's really dope to hear it all and to see it continue. Uh, It's about time for us to wrap up, so I want to ask two questions. Yeah. Uh, One of them is, what's inspiring you these days creatively? You know, music, Um, television, movies,
2: whatever. I'd say, like, new technology, man. Yeah. Like, the AI stuff got me interested, but, like, more so just, like, learning engineering learning uh, the tech stuff it was like oh when i got my first 3d printer uh and learned like how to do design work in a cad program and mm-hmm. like actually print it out and have it like in my hand yeah i was like oh now uh, now i'm dangerous now i can actually <laughs> do a ton of stuff so yeah that was really inspiring and like now it's kind of like i if i have an idea or i need to sort of uh, I, I need an item or I need something for my studio it's like I'll figure out how to design it on this CAD program and 3D print it and you know in a couple hours I can have like a, a working prototype or even like a finished piece nice that I can use so like that inspires me being able to actually just like create my ideas from start to finish and I have to worry about you know buying something from Amazon or relying on mm. anyone else. That's,
0: so interesting. That's what happened to me with, with the comic stuff because, you know, earlier on it was me writing and working with other artists who were drawing. Yeah. But for the Denver Art Museum stuff and for um, Denver Noir, which was an anthology book, like, so many artists have flaked out on me Yeah. that I, I just drew those. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and so now it's getting to, like, I'm still working heavily with other artists. Yeah. But but I, now I can do it from beginning to end. Yeah. And um, that, brings me a lot more sort of satisfaction and security yeah
2: you know? I mean like even with like your work with comics and just like storytelling like the story is like the biggest part of anything you can mm. have good visuals mm. you can have a lot of that but it's like the story is what grabs people and keeps people interested mm. so like if you don't have a good story if, like you you just don't want to bore people and <laughs> that's real, yeah you don't want to yeah. bore people because if I'm if I go to a movie and I'm like I, I'm sorry Michael Bay, but like you know, his <laughs> transformer movies like I can go there, like the graphics are great, but like yeah. I almost fell fall asleep. Detours out here so, saying yeah. names. No, no. Michael no. Bay got took out Beth no. Brunn was Yeah. Howard Dean was on? <laughs> yeah, it's like if you if you have a story though that's really interesting, like people will always like get more into that. Like I for for example, I think I said earlier, like South Park, right? Yeah. Like, like South Park very simple graphics in mm. terms of just like the aesthetics and like the 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 drawing yeah. it's like cuts out cut out of like craft paper when they I think they first started doing um the like a green card video but mm. they cut it out and like didn't stop motion right um, but it's like very simple but it's like the story behind it right and you get in love with these characters and they bring build personality so like with you mm. it's like you don't really need I guess the best Art is, is like as long as the story is really good, mm. people will really buy into it. It's just like you just can't bore people, and that's the same thing with art, too. Yeah, it's like the aesthetics of a piece can be really great, but it's like if it's just there's no sort of substance to it, or already. is the emotional engagement, yeah? You know, that's yeah. that's like one of the things with like AI art is like there's a really like it's empty in a way, you got to have something behind it, yeah, and that's always like the key for anything performance wise, mm. comedians, it's like. There's got to be substance behind the joke, rooted in reality, rooted in something that's like people mm. can connect with. And it can't just be a ha ha joke. Right. Then you're just like, yeah. That's interesting, man. It's so like yeah,
0: like you you know you and I have talked a couple times before, but I definitely didn't know all of this stuff that you've done this journey. Okay, so then the last thing is, uh, where can people follow you online? Where can they keep up with your stuff?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm mostly active on Instagram. Yeah. At uh, Detour Three Zero Three. And then my website is imdetour.com. dot com. But those two places are the most active. And then I'm also on Facebook. Um my fan page is imdetour. Okay. But that's like four people over now, like right, forty. Right. <laughs> the then you do Facebook.
0: uh the, the art tip Tuesdays on yeah. IG, right? Yeah. Uh and then that's every Tuesday you give the art tip. Every
2: Tuesday art tips. And then
0: you uh you, you did that book, uh Yep. Uh, Be the artist. artist.
2: Yeah. So I did that as well. So you can get that on my website, um, purchase a book. And then, yeah, if you come to my Instagram every Tuesday, you'll see a whole new art tip. So I've been doing that for the past almost six and a half, seven years straight. Nice. Never missed a Tuesday, not even for holidays or anything. So, wow. like, there's one every t- So that's how people can actually see, right. you know, what I was doing. Um, they can
0: follow the growth.
2: Yeah, follow the growth because every. Tuesday you see that thing that graphic or something it's like oh that's that's a week in between so that's a really cool sort of um thing that I've been doing consistently all right
0: Thomas Detour Evans thanks for being with us man thank you awesome thanks for having me right on special thank you to today's guest Thomas Detour Evans thank you to the listeners if you're not already please be sure to subscribe to How Art is Born wherever you get your podcast for more episodes and if you can leave a review, it really helps us out. Check out MCA Denver on YouTube and subscribe to the channel to watch the video version of this podcast and get behind-the-scenes clips from today's episode. Visit MCA Denver's current exhibition, Breakthroughs, celebrating Red Line at 15, on view now until May 28, 2023. Our Art Is Born is produced and edited by Daley Johnson and executive produced by Courtney Law. Additional thanks to Rachel Grammis for their work on marketing support for this episode.